Corbin. Welcome, welcome, hello in Swedish to what? the Umbrella Academy. I am one of your teachers here at the Umbrella Academy for the Swedish lesson dealing with the Swedish job, Alex. Yes. Uh, wow. I'm the bad kid in the back of the class just here because I love the Swedish chef on the Muppets. Uh, that guy gets it. Uh, I'm Justin. Uh, yeah, man. I got to shout out the fish. Love me some Swedish fish and I'm Pete. <laughs> Swedish fish <laughs> are gross. That's a candy that you no. think is going to be good and it's, no, it's actively great. bad no. every time. No, no, no. I disagree fish. with you. Hard disagree. One of my faves. Yes, thank you, Swedish fish. You know what? Uh, Swedish fish is actually one of the rare candies that the mini ones are maybe even better than the full size ones. Like I like the full size ones. Agreed. I think you're thinking. I think you're thinking of Sour Patch Kids. No, that's what (laughs) Swedish fish are. Also good. They're very. They're much better. Swedish fish are like the not fun. It's like old man version. No, it's not licorice, asshole. Fuck you, man. All right. It's worse than licorice. No. It tastes like weirdly salty, and there's a dust. You're eating a dusty <laughs> fish. Hey. What? I Wait, what are you talking fish. about? Swedish fish. Are, what are you eating? That's not Swedish fish. fish. What are you talking about? No, Swedish fish is where you, they hang on your wall, and you press the button, and they sing a song to you. <laughs> they uh, taste yeah, horrible. Big mouth Swedish fish. I know what you're talking about. So we're going to be talking about The Swedish Job, which is the third episode of season two of The Umbrella Academy. If you have not watched it, go watch it first because we're going to spoil it. Jump into the recap. Uh, The uh, Hargreaves family is all back in time in the 1960s in Dallas. Slowly, they're starting to come together now. We're finding out a little bit of backstory here about what happened with Klaus. Uh, Back in the day, how he became a guru over the course of the episode. He reunites with his lost love from the Vietnam War because of time travel shenanigans. It's before they actually know each other. We'll get to talk about that. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, while he's doing that, he's fighting with Ben. Uh, the other members of the family aren't faring that much better either. Allison, without her husband, Ray, is trying to spur on the civil rights movement anyway. And she does so successfully, convinces everybody to have a sit-in at the diner. Uh, ends up very badly for everybody. Yeah. Um, as you might expect, uh, there's a bunch of arrests, and for the first time in the year, she ends up using her rumor powers, which totally freaks out Ray. Before they can settle anything, she runs away at the end of the episode with Klaus, as they have rebonded at a certain point in the episode. Meanwhile, Five and Vanya are kind of teaming up, which yeah. is a fun little pairing. Yeah, a lot uh, Vanya of fun gets pairings. attacked by the sweet. I I we'll we'll talk more about this, but. I think one of the great things about this episode and the season so far is they're actually doing what a TV show should do, which is have interesting, weird pairings and throw them together and kind of see what happens. It's like Allison and Klaus, Five and Vanya. All fun. All fun. Like when Joey dated Rachel and Friends. What? Everybody's favorite plot line. Yep. Everyone's favorite part of that that TV show that ran for 40 years. Mm -hmm. It's still going. It's still going, yeah. yeah. Technically, yes. They'll be there for you. So uh, who were we talking about? Vanya and Five. Uh, Five is still trying to stop the apocalypse. Vanya, meanwhile, attacked by the Swedes, uh, finds out much more about her past, uses her powers again, though rather unconsciously. Uh, But she is pretty much back together with the family. As back on the farm, Sissy is having some problems with Harlan Uh that she really needs Vanya for. Uh, Jumping over to other members of the family, Luther finds out that Allison is married. He uses Jack Ruby to track him down. Handles it really well. Yep, like a real man. 
He, well, he gets punched a bunch and looks up at the moon, as one is wont to do. Uh, And who else is there? Diego. Diego is striking up a romance with Lila. She confesses uh, about her past to him, about her parents uh, being killed in a home invasion. Uh, But it turns out maybe they weren't by the end of the episode because her mom is none other than the handler. Yes. That's crazy. That's a big twist. Um, so lots of other things going on in the episode, but that's kind of the broad overview there as everybody goes on their separate storylines. But as I said, I still really enjoying the season just because of the pace, because of the pairings, um, because everything seems to be moving more quickly through the plot. Uh, how'd you feel about this one, Justin? I thought this one was actually sort of a little slower, a little fuck more. Fuck you, you fucking it, fuck. It was a bit of a middling episode. No, you're a piece of shit. It was uh, setting up. Pete, your mic is on, just so you know. I don't know. If you, oh. I must be talking to somebody you don't I like. was thinking. I was uh, uh, just thinking. I don't know. Things. You've been here muttering all podcast episode. I've been doing this recap, and you'd be like, yeah. Yep. You're like a sort of a, a Swedish devil. fish, a Swedish oh. fish of this podcast. Right? <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, just, I think this episode was setting up a lot of things. And I agree with you, Alex. I do like these different pairings. Um, and we're sort of moving uh, things in place a lot this episode. I really liked uh, Allison's storyline this episode. I thought um, it was the way that they shot the uh, the sit-in at the, at the lunch counter, I thought was Very really powerful. well done. They set it up like a sort of an Avengers-style action sequence when it was really about, uh, like, taking political action. And, uh, and I thought that was a really smart way, an interesting way to, to, to shoot that scene. And then showing her at the end of her plotline where she uses her powers, and it's a real loss for her. I think yeah. she really felt like she was taking power for herself by getting involved in uh, in the civil rights movement and all of that. And the fact that she had to fall back onto using her powers was a defeat for her, I think. And I thought that was also like, ah, a mm-hmm. really smart way to play her character here. Yeah. I- it's interesting to hear you say this, Justin. Oh, oh I, I just wanted to ask uh, Justin about something. Uh, because last episode, you expressed concern about the show's ability to handle the civil rights movement do you feel like they did a good job with it here, or you still have that level of concern? I think this this scene, uh, I thought, was a really smart way to do it. I mean, it's hard to tackle um, an issue in the middle of six other plot lines. And I think they, like I said, the choices they made here made it, gave it weight and gave it stakes um, in a superhero show to uh, to show a sit-in as, to shoot a sit-in as an action sequence felt like a very smart way to use the little time they had to show this part of the show um, in a smart way. Also, just to jump on uh, what Justin's saying a little bit, I really loved her explanation of why she hasn't used it and how she's felt like she hasn't cheated, like she's earned this life. She didn't have to use her powers. This is real for her, and she's very proud of it. I mean, she's talking to Klaus. She's beaming. It's a beautiful, fantastic moment. And to kind of see that all crumble when she has to use the powers to save her husband as she should. And then him freak out kind of like you monster was just absolutely heartbreaking. But, um, you know, I don't want to go too much on a tirade because I really want to talk about the beginning real quick. 
No, no, no. I want to wow. hear your tirade. What, what do you want to talk about, Pete? Are well, you against the civil rights movement? Oh, my God. First off, fuck you. No, I'm just against the fact that Justin's <laughs> like, yeah, it was a little middling issue. Not really much happening. Oh, okay. I was just like, you know, issue TV episode. We talk a lot about comic books. Um, I, I just felt like very... I was very moved by this episode. I love this episode. We got more Klaus in this episode. Uh, also... You know, the reveal of how much work Ben is actually doing for Klaus uh, constantly. It's just fucking heartbreaking as well. And then Klaus, like, fires him. But I love that moment of him being like, maybe I can get him to not sign up. Like, the fact that he doesn't give up on his love for Dave is really powerful and amazing. So I was moved a lot by this episode. So does someone have it dismiss it? You know, someone works in television and is a line producer and it's all the same to him. You know, just like... Nope, incorrect. Not every episode of television is like all big uh, climax moments. And this is an episode that I think is about a lot of small moments where they're moving people around. Because like, no. what would you say is a, are the big Titanic moments for the, the nature of the series that happened in this episode? All right. First off, there's a fucking shit ton. Okay, we got to sit in. Uh, uh, you know, like the whole fact, like her speech was so moving and powerful, talking about like how uh, they've got to kind of take control and do this now, while all these cameras and eyes are turned to this part of the country. I thought that was amazing. Then mm-hmm. also, all right. Well, I don't want to go first. I want to kind of start from the beginning. Okay, because this starts like an epic episode right from the beginning. You get the all black. Title card comes up, then the title card goes away, and then faintly you hear the like 60s music playing on a car radio. As you hear the car radio, you know, it fades up as this dope ass ride like rolls through the shot, and you see the, you know, yeah. the kind of like, oh, that's right, we're still in the 60s establishing old timey yeah. restaurant thing. I will and say that's it wasn't the point pretty where big. you turned it off, right? You turned it off after that because you were just completely satisfied. You're like, this is all I need to see, just a dope-ass car. But that's the thing. Like, There's so much greatness happening in one moment to open this with, to be like, this is where the sit-in is going to be. Like, There's so much here. And like, I'm really impressed with the show in the second season. They're really doing a lot of smarter things in a way that's just glorious. I mean, the fact that Vanya used her powers and didn't turn into the white violin, but we still got to walk through it later and was like, whoa. And then number four is just casually like, oh, good to see you still have your powers. Like, that was five. 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 five sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact right. that I agree with you, Pete, it was a momentous revelation that we, um, that this episode kicked off following the same characters from last episode <laughs> in the same setting and uh, time frame that we we left them last episode. It was wild. I'm just I, saying, it LA was crazy. Justin, you're jaded. And the fact that there's you're cars jaded. still, you can't be cars. moved by it anymore. <laughs> they, to the timeline, they haven't affected it so much that there aren't cars. Wild. <laughs> Gasoline-powered <laughs> engines dominate in the Umbrella you're Academy. cold-hearted, man. You can't be moved by television anymore. All I you see is the strings behind it moving stuff. <laughs> You can't appreciate the beauty that they're giving you. One thing I will say about the beginning of this episode that I liked quite a bit, and we've talked about this pretty extensively in the first season of the show, was, uh, Pete, just let me get through this because I know you object to this, <laughs> but there's this very staccato rhythm of the episodes in the first season where it's 
being mopey, complaining, talking about stuff, and then in the last 10 to 15 minutes, you have an action sequence. That was almost every single episode. They hit that the same way in the first two episodes here, which isn't unreasonable. I mean, that's kind of what you do with a superhero show, is you build and build and then end with an action sequence. But they flipped it in this episode, and I appreciated that. You started... You started with the Klaus flashback, but really, once you get into the episode, it starts with the Swedes attacking Vanya, running through the corn, her using the powers, as you described, and that gets that action out of the way. Granted, you get another sequence, like you were talking about, the sit-in is its own action sequence in a certain way, more an emotional action sequence, followed by Luther fighting. So it overall, it felt like a more balanced episode in that regard, and a lot of that came from the way they structured it from the very beginning. Yes, Pete, yeah. you are bursting at the seams. Well, I'm here. sorry. You, the problem is with your rant that you used a very big word that I didn't understand. So I spent the whole time being like, "Did he say Brian <laughs> Boitano of it all?" The Brian spot. What did you say in the beginning? Brian Boitano of it all. You, yeah, the, in said. the beginning of your rant, you said something. And it was a big word, and you completely staccato. Yeah, Brian Boitano. <laughs> what oh what is that? <laughs> Pete, are you? It does feel like you're losing it, just in general, like across the board. I don't mean losing it like in anger. I mean losing it all. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, the COVID's getting to me. Things are fucked up. It's a uh, you know. I'm barely yeah. putting sentences together over here. Uh, no, but what did you say? What does it mean? It's staccato so means so what, like, it's like speaking was... in a halting manner, sort of like uh, not knowing what you're talking about and just like saying random shit. Like I would might say like Pete LePage is a bit staccato right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Sure. I like yeah, how I, I became. I mean, I'm not definition. using it exactly correct here. I'm using it to basically that you have this very even level throughout most of the episodes, and then there's a pause, and then there's a big action sequence. So it feels like there's that rest in the middle that gives it that staccato nature from music. Oh, so what's nice I, is I, I'm. It, I think actually Brian Boitano is probably a more. I was going to say Brian Boitano kind of perfectly it. describes that because Brian Boitano, you look at him and you think, okay, this is just a regular guy. But then you put some skates on him and you're like, oh my God, I was wrong. I rested for a moment, what? thought about it, and then was like, oh, this person's amazing. I have a bunch of staccato. Is Brian Boitano a diver? Oh. No. No, no, I'm... no. Brian Boitano is the skater. Okay, I thought. Do you think you have Greg Luganis? Yeah, Greg Luganis was the oh, diver. Yeah, he said, How Brian many Botano. divers are you possibly <laughs> Olympic thinking Olympic skater of from like the 80s or something I'm referencing. Tony Hawk? Okay, now, Alex, I think you're losing it. Let's get back on board. <laughs> okay, but I just think for like all, each character really had a great moment in this episode, and it drives me nuts that you said middling because we had such great, even Luther, like, like had his bell rung more than once. Like he found out that Allison was married and then was just in sh- figure skater. Right. Okay. Not figure like skater. skateboard skater. That's mm-hmm. what I thought you meant. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. Olympics <laughs> reference. Sorry that it, it got weird. By the way, I just wanted to take it a, a midpoint. Thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast for our crack commentary, <laughs> not just on the umbrella Academy, but also sports. We're we're cultural commentators uh, at the very core. Journalists, cultural commentators, sports enthusiasts. Um, I, but I, I, Pete, when I say that it's a middling episode, I there are a lot of moments you're I like too insulting well. to it. It's, too insulting uh, to the episode. You know what? I, the best part of a sandwich is the middle. So that's what I'm talking about. This is a good. This is a pretty good sandwich. But okay. you need to have all of the sandwiches to make a season of television, and we're just sort of setting up some mustards. Right now with this episode, and uh, no. can't wait for the. This is, you can't call this uh, you, episode. You work on TV, Justin. 
Yes. You work on TV, Justin. Generally, uh, showrunners will refer to all season as the full Dagwood, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's an industry term. Yeah. Yeah, you're building the sandwich, all the big pieces, and eventually it comes together and you can just like unhinge your jaw and eat the whole thing. I mean, Justin's talking. Just like Brian Bartano, right, Pete? Oh, my God. I just think that every character had a really big, huge moment in this episode. And I was really impressed with like all that was accomplished in this one episode. It's kind of insane when you think about it. Um, it but yeah, it's truly insane. L- Again, Luther, I can't believe cars. The, and the fact that this episode like was was a whole like forty five minutes. Yeah, or I, I kind of feel like we've covered everything. We mentioned the sit in. We talked about the car at the <laughs> beginning. So I think we're good to go. So just to kind of wrap up here. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's talk, talk about. about it. D- can we talk about? Yeah. Can we talk about? Let's talk about Diego's art to just uh, start off somewhere. Um, so he wasn't in the episode too much, but we did get to see a lot of his stuff with Lila. Obviously, there's a big twist at the end. Um, but how do you feel about everything that happened with him? How do you feel about Lila's relationship I, with him, burgeoning relationship at least up until the twist? I really love the way this kind of started because Lila does seem like she has his best interest, you know, the way she like poked him with the broomstick to make him sit down. And then the, like the fact that they were there together to be like, I can't believe my father shanked me. And she was like, yeah, very rude of him, like hilarious stuff. And I bought the fact that when she was just like, Oh, I felt abandoned. That's why I followed you. Oh man. That's why it was such a cool reveal at the end, because she does seem like she's looking out for him because he is straight kind of, um, off his rocker a little bit, which I can relate to. And I think uh, uh, it, I'm very sad that the relationship won't move forward, that once he finds out, he's such a kind of like, uh, I feel like he'll cut her, uh, he'll be very upset. Cause, just because he's been lied to about the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, classic relationship mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel bad. I mean, I liked their relationship, especially in this episode. Um, very much like uh, Sam and Diane from Cheers uh, or, or your wow. Moonlighting episode, uh, TV show. Um, so like to have it be when it was revealed, when, once we followed her out of um, the, the place where they're staying, I was like, oh, she's bad. There's no really? reason why we need to follow her somewhere. Like I was like, she's up to no good. And uh. the fact that she, I was, was very surprised by the fact that she's related to um, the handler. That seems like sort of an odd mix. But here, here, where we are, and I just feel bad for Diego. He just can't. Everything is always bad for him in relating to women. His mother, his uh, former girlfriend mm-hmm. from season one who died, and now this situation. Oh man! But yeah, I do, I do like the fact. I do like the fact that they didn't wait on it. You know, I think that's something that's pretty good. Just because, yep, certainly, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think there's. It's pretty clear you're supposed to be suspicious of Lila from the very beginning. But I think they paced it out nicely through the season, where we get to the point, like Diego, where we're finally kind of trusting her, and they yep. don't wait another episode or another two episodes to pull the bandaid off. They just get to it right there. So it felt like the right time for that reveal. Yeah, that's, I, a, I, that's I, well done because he had a bandage on. So that was really. That was, uh, Thank you very much. What do we think the plan is for the handlers? Because she's sort of Jackie-oing around town. She makes a kid pee his pants. Well, that I'm glad she did that because you shouldn't tap on the glass. I mean, that's a dick move straight up. Mm-hmm. So he, that kid deserved that. To pee his pants. People pee their pants a lot in movies and TV. Is yeah. that 
I don't mean I've never done that personally. What? You've never peed your pants? You're lying. I've never, I've never pissed my pants in fright at oh, any yeah. point. Oh, okay. All Have right. you ever done that? I'll take that as a personal challenge, Alex. I'm going to scare the piss out of you. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But is that a thing that actually happens? Like people just get so – because I feel like it constantly happens in horror stuff, but uh, I've never experienced it. Yeah, it does seem uh, – maybe kids, uh, but it does seem like a, a movie TV thing that doesn't actually happen in real life. I just think like people are so hydrated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that everyone's like just so full of They're water. Full of the brim, that yeah. like one little yeah, well, scary thing. You can see thing. the line. You can see the sloshing cartoon line depending on how full they are. Yeah. I don't, same with, same thing with anger levels. Exactly. I mean, I guess people, the red line to the blue line. I don't know why you guys are having a hard time with this. People they get they laugh too hard. They pee a little bit. You know, sometimes you're scared. You pee. I mean, what's the big deal? Okay. I think we just learned a little bit about pee, each of us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's definitely some sort of plan going on there, and obviously we're going to find out more about it very soon. Uh, one little detail I wanted to mention that I thought was fun that probably was in previous episodes, but I uh, missed it before. Uh, we talked about how Elliot is basically Crispin Glover in Back to the Future. Uh, the yeah. name of his store is Marty's, Yeah, uh, which thought pretty cute as well. Yeah. So putting a little bit of a hat on a hat there, but uh, fun stuff. Uh, let's move over to Luther because I think there's some great stuff oh. that happens with him in the episode. Uh, just so much fun stuff, sad stuff, but fun stuff yeah. for him to play with. Um, working with Jack Ruby, meeting Ray, the way he just starts chomping down on those pastries or whatever they are. Uh, and then... At the end of the episode, him just letting himself get beat up. Um, how did this whole storyline play out for you? Well, I mean, I love the kind of beginning uh, montage for him where he's kind of rocking it up a little bit. You know, the kids are cheering him on. Then he thinks he sees Allison falls on his face. And like one of the kids like, it's like, oh, well, look at this freaking, you know. So it was, I thought that was kind of like a perfect microcosm of how his episode was going to go. And... Yeah, I mean, the fact where he's like, oh, I must be in the wrong house. And he's, uh, he's like, you mean Chestnut, my wife? And just the, like, and then the cut to him still. My wife. Still oh, the same look. Is topical, uh, finally. Out now. At the kitchen yeah. table, and he just starts eating uh, the bullseyes, whoever those were. That was just really fun uh, cutaway, like, really hilarious. Uh, I, I thought it was, like, really fun lead. And then just Luther being in a fight. Um, you know, being like, I want to feel pain. And then instead of seeing stars, he sees the moon, which was really nice. Well, I think I was surprised at the revelation that he's a, a, wear, a wear loser. Like when every full moon, he, <laughs> oh he turns into God. a real loser. Oh, boo. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I think it's funny how goofy his his storyline is. Like, because there's real emotional underpinnings to it, but then he's like tripping and falling down. Like, it's very, it's fun. I like, I, I think it works guy. for him. And yeah. I think it really does work for him. And I also thought the fight, like, he's just so jacked. Uh, he he looks like what people in Boston think Tom Brady looks like. Uh, <laughs> the, he, the actor looks sort of like Tom Brady. When I was watching, I was like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. everybody in Dunkin' Donuts is like. All right, here we go. I mean, right, before he was traded to Tampa uh, Bay, obviously. We should thank yeah. the people for hanging uh, in for the sports references. This is really good. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's uh, there's a couple of things that I really liked about the storyline. I mean, to your point about him being goofy, it's such a better mode for him to play than what he did last season. Just the serious hero guy, the them yelling and calling him King Kong. The kids was very funny. His delivery, just mouthful of pastry, saying, "Oh, that's so great," made mm-hmm. me laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, also very funny, and I also think. I don't know if this is true, but I think they did a better job with his body and makeup this season. Like it seems yeah. more reasonable. It seems like they, Just they slightened it down thing. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like it looks like reasonably actually part of his body versus last season. It was over the top. It looked like he was wearing a suit. It didn't quite work for me. Um, so I think they did overall just a much better job there this year. Yeah. Also, uh, I really like the moment where uh, the kind of like, uh, I don't know, mafia type boss or whatever was sat Jack down. Ruby. Jack Ruby. Yeah, it was like, hey, uh, I can't have my number one being like a little mopey puppy. And I was like, oh, he's called him number one. Like, I thought that was like. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of oh, like oh reveal of why Luther sticks around. He's his number one, you know. Like I thought that was like a cool reveal and made a lot of sense of why he would be driving around and doing all this stuff for him. Uh, he needs somebody to count on him, and uh, he feels you know like he is uh, that guy for him. So yeah, I uh, there was so much great reveal, but just the look on Luther's face as he was laying there <laughs> looking at the moon was just. Uh, very fantastic. Because he's a wear loser. Stop. Yeah. Should we, we talked about him a little bit, but we should probably talk about Klaus's storyline because that is pretty big and emotional. So Klaus, uh, ends up, uh, tracking down his lost love from Vietnam. Obviously Vietnam hasn't happened yet. Wait. Uh, so he's much younger and finds him at a poster. Yes. Can we talk about the kind of we get to see a little bit of how he's the car? What? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, the car, but also we get to kind of see of how he became this guru mm-hmm. and yeah. the fact that like he's floating and then you, we cut to see that it's Ben uh, and how that kind of spiraled out like just one year later, two years later. Really fun. But also the fact that he was like Destiny's Children. That's what he named his flock. I yeah. lost it with that reveal. Uh, so fun. And then to kind of see him run away was also, um, and that's to get, find his long lost love, which was uh, very moving. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I agree with you. Um, it was a good montage. And I like that in an episode where everyone's powers are sort of reluctantly used or like Luther refuses to fight, uh, uh, Allison uses her powers and it's a loss. Vanya uses her powers but has no control of them or understanding of them. And then Klaus is happy to use his powers, but it's to scam people. He's only doing it for his selfish gain. So I thought that was a, a interesting switch up. Yeah. Well, and it's also fun that it immediately it's very Klaus for him to build up this cult. Uh, become a guru, and then it's too much for him, and he wants to get out of there immediately. Yeah. Um, that I think is a really smart decision as well, as well as of course filling in the blanks in terms of what happened. And we get that fun scene later on where Ben frees Ray from prison by uh, biting into a sandwich and yeah. typing out a typewriter and everything like that. Yeah. Um, also, it ties into that really fun running bit where Ray keeps meeting Allison's brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, I, I think there's a certain level where 
I feel like uh, the stuff that's happening with Ray is maybe a bit much. But then when you think about it from the perspective of none of this makes any sense. Yeah. And everything that he knew about his wife of a year is completely wrong. His reactions do certainly track there. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, the Klaus, like, floating in his pool being like, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I used to serve time with Ray. Oh, what a crazy world. Like, just hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Like, I remember him from jail. I thought that was such a sweet reunion, especially two characters that yeah, the, the didn't really relate hugged. very much. Yeah. Like, it was, like, d- genuine. I was like, oh, these are, <coughs> excuse me, these people are siblings, and they are, they have missed each other. And it, it felt really nice to get that genuine emotion in a show where it's sort of about how no one gets along. Mm-hmm. Also, the yeah, one- I totally agree. I mean, I think it's the same thing with Five and Vanya and their scene where, you know, they're a little more businesslike about it. But certainly Vanya's like, oh, you know me? You're my brother? Great. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah. Fill me in on everything. Also, um, number five did an amazing job with Vanya because she was like, what caused the apocalypse? What happened? And instead of him being like you, he was like, oh, it was a meteorite. You know, like I thought that was like really smart and very nice. Like, hopefully he's doing that not to control her, but because he cares about his sister. Um, I hope so, but I sort of doubt it. Five doesn't seem to care too much about anyone's feelings. He only (laughs) cares about stopping the apocalypse. So I feel like he's protecting her so she doesn't become another problem or is trying Mm. to keep her on the right side so he can use her powers uh, to help them win. Yeah, I don't think uh, I kind of agree with you. I understand what you're saying, Pete, but ultimately those sort of secrets have a way of coming out. I, you know, I know I've said that I've seen the entire season, but even watching this episode, I don't think there's any way you could watch it and not be like, and she never found out what actually happened. You know, yeah. of course, that's going to come out at some point. Uh, what that does, I don't think so. We'll um, oh, the okay. Klaus, <laughs> real quick, the Klaus Dave stuff. Um, this felt sad. I was with, sort of with Ben here, like, hey, man, this is not what you should be doing. Well, wait, first off, when he reveals his whole plan, like, it was kind of like, it was heartbreaking to see him being like, I'll buy paint. And then a hilarious line, uh, you have anything, eggshell? What's eggshell? Exactly. What the fuck is eggshell? Say white. Anyways. Yeah, uh, you hate paint, right? Especially paint with no, a non uh, primary color name? Well, I, you know, colors are a struggle for me since I'm colorblind. So then when people are like, oh, this is eggshell, this is off-white, and I'm like, I can't fucking tell the difference. I feel like they mm-hmm. put fancy names on same shit. But anyway. See, someone's well, you lying also, you, you painted your house in watercolors, right? Yeah, yeah. That way I could find my house easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have, to, you have to repaint it in the room when it rains also. Yeah, but that's half the fun. It's like a you know, it's a new house every house painters would agree. Fun (laughs) job. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is sad. I I agree with you, Justin. It's very sweet. It's nice to see Klaus having emotion and real human emotion. Um, But all of these things that they're doing, you know, sort of make the bristles on the back of your neck stand up in terms of time travel rules. Like, yeah. Anything could be the thing that causes the apocalypse. We don't know what it is yet. It could be Allison saving Ray. It could be Allison being there at all. It could be Luther interacting with Jack Ruby. And here, that Klaus is almost deliberately doing something to change the timeline 
seems like a very bad idea beyond anything yeah, else. Yeah, but he's doing it out of love because he cares about Dave. He doesn't want Dave to go and die in the war. So I think it's a noble thing to try to be like, hey, you don't know me, but I wouldn't do that if I were you. Don't sign up to go to Vietnam. You know, but so. I think the, the apocalypse they're trying to prevent is this attack that they we saw in the first episode of the season where the streets of, uh, I guess, Dallas sure. are being invaded. So I but, think... But Klaus has a different agenda. You know, he's like, all right, while we're here in this timeline, I might as well try to save someone who's very special to me. Are you familiar yeah. with the butterfly effect? Uh, yeah, I think you know I am because of who stars in that movie, Amy motherfucking oh. smart. So... <laughs> Oh, I was talking about the butterfly effect when you give someone a, like a sweet little butterfly kiss on the cheek, <laughs> and that would just that it makes them go, <laughs> yeah, the real yeah. butterfly effect. Oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah. Amy Smart also stars in that for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen the drawings. The, the no, your notebook is covered. Your trapper keeper is covered with them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's how you know it's uh, real because it's in a trapper keeper. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's where you keep your emotions. Uh, before we start to wrap up here, though, anybody else we should talk about? Any other moments? What do you think um, about this I, end is nigh guy? How many end is nigh guys have there ever been anywhere? Somebody's got to be right. So you might as well keep trying the end is nigh. Mm-hmm. You know, at one time, someone's going to be like, it was that guy he knew the whole time. I, I don't actually remember. Was that sign? I think that sign was in the apocalypse. Like when five blipped forward. That guy was there, or his sign was there, or something like that. It definitely feels familiar. Yeah. Or maybe it was from season one. I don't know. But it's certainly, like, beyond... It's it's something that's, you know, part and parcel with the landscape of the 60s, yeah. I think, when you think about them as people wandering around. But but nowadays, that industry has really gone downhill. Yes, and uh, what an industry uh, fueled the nation for so long. Like, the people that made mm-hmm. them, the people that wore them. Dot, dot, dot. I, yeah, I that's wanna, it, I guess. I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about Allison when, you know, uh, her husband is in jail and they're like, we should postpone. And she gives this really amazing speech. Then some guy tries to kind of like mansplain a little bit. And then the lady whose beauty parlor it is, is like, oh, you're going to tell me how it is in my beauty parlor. I thought that was a really amazing moment and a nice kind of like moment for like this might be the 60s but like allison's trying to inject some uh now into it which i thought was a very kind of powerful fantastic moment that i'm glad that they had in this episode and showed that yeah and then his response like no ma'am that was just glorious uh the one thing i did want to bring up that we didn't talk about was uh tuna mold elliot's making some tuna mold yeah. Uh is that a tuna floating on the top of some lime green jello, jello casserole? I think it Big was more of a the thing. Yeah. Cuz okay. jello was like that's, a trick. Mhm. Cuz it's that's jiggles. pretty gross. Yes. But that's also why uh while Diego uh is trying to get it on, that whole kind of like start to that where he kisses her and then she slaps him is like, you know, what was that for? And then he was like, be gentle. And then she says, never. Very sweet. Very touching. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's a savory jello. Right. It's like a mint. I, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't alive during that time. That's all I'm going to say, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, I'll eat almost anything, but that uh, tuna and jello, no thank you. Would you would try it. You would try it. 
Yeah, if it was there. <laughs> if it was a f- chip flavor, you'd eat it. If I was, as you could plainly see, eating it right now as we tape this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a scam you're running. Um, <laughs> I did want to say also I liked how they kept showing like the cop cars, like when the set in sit-in was happening for different kind of perspectives. I thought that was also a mm-hmm. great kind of use of tying things in. And I'm sure as a line producer, you noted that and was like, oh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you're really pushing this line producer uh, scam that you've got going on? Um, yeah. Well, the, the cop cars were all in a line, right? So that's yeah. what a line producer is in charge exactly. of. Exactly. And it's really hard because cars, as you know, Pete, um, are hard to keep in a line. Because <laughs> they, mm. they turn... Before sure. we wrap up here, let's <laughs> discuss who got top marks this episode. Pete, who are you giving top marks to? Uh, I'm going to go with Ben. Um, <laughs> ben was the hero of this episode in so many ways, and no one's given him any credit. All he does is carry Klaus literally. Um, the guy does so much for his brother and gets nothing in return. Hmm. Uh, Classic Pete answer. I'm going to give it up for Allison. I really liked her storyline in this episode um, from top to bottom. And I, a character that sort of vanished a bit in the first season and then came up as the emotional core. And yet in this season, they found a totally different way to play her, I think is uh, great. Um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Pete. There was one more thing I just want to uh, bring up. You know, we talk a l- say about Ben. No, there, there's a lot of times you see stuff like, uh, like in this, you kind of we saw in Snatched, like Brad Pitt get laid out where he's just like laying along the lines <laughs> in the air, and then also like reminds me of Friday when Devo you got knocked the fuck out. I don't ever get tired of seeing it. It's a really fun thing that happens every once in a while. And, you know, sometimes people might be like, oh, I'm sick of that shot. But, man, every time it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, it's another, I line, it's another line that you have to produce <laughs> is that actor laying yeah. flat like a line. Sorry, Alex. Uh, I would have agreed uh, with Allison. I think she's absolutely fantastic in this episode. But uh, I got to give it up for Klaus all day, er day. Um, just great stuff in this episode. As we talked about, the beginning montage is so good. Uh, depending, you know, whatever you think about the paint scene and whatever you think plant-wise he's doing, um, it's still the the notes that Robert Sheehan is playing, the emotional notes there, and the scene with the car with yeah. Ben uh, in the paint store. So good across the board. There's also that great line uh, when Allison asks him how he got the house, and he says, "Oh, you know, dicks, drugs, debutantes, my holy, holy trinity. trinity." Yeah, v- very funny line. Yes, uh, just great. Love that Klaus. Love, love that. Klaus. And if you love us, you can support us <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy socially at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, adio, adio. <laughs> That's goodbye in Swedish. Oh, nice. Wow, way to do the way to do the work, Alex. <laughs> <laughs>